Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back. It's been a few more days than normal in between episodes, but I guess getting married will do that. Definitely the best day of my life, though, and hopefully you guys took advantage of that and got caught up on the first 15 episodes of the Bashmania podcast. And as you saw before you clicked this, we're back with a great guest, the Magic Man, world champion, NCAA champion, U.S. Open champion, Big Ten champion, high school state champion, you name it, this kid has won it. Hopefully soon, Olympic champion. This guy, my friend David Taylor, wins, and he has won almost everything but that Olympic championship and maybe a WWE championship. Who knows? But not only does he win so much, he stays busy off the mat, too. He runs multiple companies. He's got some a lot going on personally, which we'll get into in the show, but he is a busy guy, and he's got a lot to say. I'm really pumped to dive into this conversation, but before we do, make sure you subscribe on your favorite audio platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Give the podcast a follow. Guys, it... <laughs> Social media algorithms are hit or miss. You may not see when we drop an episode or announce a guest. Your safest bet is to just subscribe. We're literally just about everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And I promise you, the great guests will just keep coming. So subscribe now and don't miss out. With that said, that is my plea to you. Now, the reason you tuned in, let's roll the intro and get this show started. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. The magic man, David Taylor. How are you? I'm doing good, Justin. So, for those that don't know, we'll dive right into this. You recently announced you're having a baby girl. Congrats. How excited are you for that? So, my wife and I, we play this game. It's called a question game. And uh, where we just, we, we ask each other questions. Um, her questions are always a lot better than mine. But she actually <laughs> just, she, uh, she was asking me, like, you know, what, what am I excited for, you know, you know with, with having a baby girl? And it's, it's just crazy because it's such a life-changing event you know something that my wife and i have been looking forward to for for a long time um so it's hard to really like predict what life's going to be like when that happens but we're just really thankful and and blessed that we can be parents and we're just looking forward to the opportunity and and my answer to her was i was i'm excited to just be able to share you know my experiences in life and be able to hopefully guide her to make good decisions and be able to uh just be there by her side uh you know for for her life so i think a lot of wrestlers you know they they get disappointed almost to an extent if they have a girl or whatever it may be. And yeah. honestly, like I felt from like day one, we were having a girl and I would have actually been surprised if we were having a boy. And, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm super excited. You know, I can't wait. I think, um, hopefully I know Kendra's going to be an amazing, amazing parent. And I hopefully I can, uh, hopefully stay up to par. Well, you guys her. got a lot of practice with the cats. You guys have been like foster parents now for the, for the cats for like what, four years, I think five years. No, 
The fosters less, but the cats you guys have had. Pets are no joke. Yeah, we have we have three cats of our own. Uh, two girls, um, and one boy. So I think that's two. You know, mostly most of my life, you know, in my house is I'm surrounded by women. So, um, <laughs> so it's like no different. It's, it's, it's no different. You know, I think we kind of thought that was going to happen, but uh, and we've also fostered like hundreds of cats. So. And when I say we, my wife primarily is in that <laughs> as well. So I'm not, I'm not, not getting kid with anybody. Um, you know, she, she knows that uh, um, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a lot because I'm her child. So now she actually already had a child. So she's getting her to. second. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's awesome. Second fiddle. Yeah. So we'll that that's awesome. So we'll transition into wrestling now a little bit. Everyone obviously misses you on the mat. You've been out for like. Five and was it like five and a half months already? How how are you feeling? I feel great. Um, I mean, I wish I was wrestling. You know, that's for sure. Right. Um, it's been uh, in my life. I felt a lot of adversity, but most of it has become, you know, happened because of competitions. You know, r- r- rarely, never have I really had to deal with injury adversity. You know, on a large basis, I've had nagging things just like anyone that's wrestled for a long period of time. So I think to an extent, I'm I'm pretty pretty lucky to be wrestling as long as I have you know, and not really had anything significant happen. Um, but I think during this time, it's like, it's really put things in perspective for me from a competition standpoint, you know, just being super grateful for the opportunities to wrestle, to train, to have structure in your daily schedule. Um, you know, just like as much as sometimes competitors, we get frustrated with the grind of training and competing or whatever it may be, you know, and the traveling, I miss those things. You know, it just becomes part of like our routine. So um, we're all creatures of habit. So when your routine changes, you got to adjust. But um, but things are well, and uh, I'm definitely excited. I'm super excited to be back on the mat. And you kind of touched on it, but you know, you've been out for like five to six months. This is the first time you're really outside of your routine, which would drive me nuts because I'm so routine based. But the good thing is, and I don't think people realize how involved you are with stuff off the mat. Like you're involved heavily with scrap life. You coach and run the M2 training center. You're running K2 roots, the juice company in state college with your wife. Like you have a lot going on and if kind of a few different questions I have based on it. Like number one, how has this downtime from training, like I'm imagining you put most of your focus into those things. How has that been to focus on that for five, six months with a little bit more energy and effort than before? Well, I feel like you, uh, it, it, it's, it's really funny because my wife and I literally were just talking about this again, like in, the, in our question game. But I think the, uh, I think first things first, when I came back, I really dove into M2 training center. You know, I think that was been my outlet to be around wrestling um, and to be able to, you know, my biggest reason of not being at the empty training center as much as sometimes I would like to be is because I'm competing, you know? <clears throat> and uh, so it's been nice to be able to be there on a really consistent basis. You know, we've have right now we have practice five days a week and I'm there five, five days a week. You know, we have mobile practice a day and I'm there trying to put that time in, into, into the kids to try and help them make progress. So, you know, this summer over the last three months, you know, we have a couple kids that I feel like, that extra time that I've been able to like kind of spend there has made a huge difference for them. So, you know, as they're coming up on their season, you know, I'd say in general, you know, like we had a group of 30 to 40 kids this summer that were consistent, like every practice that we had, they were there. And I think those kids were able to get a lot out of that time. 
And, uh, you know, I, I explain sometimes, I'm like, hey, you know, this is a great opportunity to be here because I don't have this type of time available always. So <clears throat> to be able to, you know, invest that time, I think to be, to be a great athlete, you have to be selfish. And to be a great coach, you have to be selfless. So I think that it, it, it teaches you both sides of that. And I think as, you know, the last couple of years, being an athlete, you know, on the highest level, it's helped me understand and respect my coaches even more than ever before and understanding like, you know, Casey Cunningham and how much time and effort he's put into me over my career. But not only that, you know, as we can now share like things on the coaching side that I'll ask some questions for. And then even when he's in my corner, you know, just I've always been thankful for coaches, but understanding like how much above and beyond he goes to help us. So, you know, M2 has been an interesting, such an interesting dynamic. Um, and I'm really thankful I, I, you know, I started it and seeing the progression with the kids has been, has been amazing. So I think without that, I probably would have, this has been, this would be a harder of a process, you know, but having that outlet to be able to be around wrestling has been, uh, you know, I think it's just been really, really awesome for me. So, you know, that's been great um, with our juice business. Um, I'd be, I'll be lying to you if I was, you know, in, in the day-to-days as much as my wife, you know, it's really her business. You know, we started it uh, together, but um, she, she runs the day-to-day there and she's awesome. She's a super good boss and she, we have a great product. So, you know, she, she, it's really kind of, it's sort of her, her world and I'm here to just help her and support her as much as possible. Uh, I show up every day and drink the juices. So, um, you know, that's, that's always an awesome perk, but um, I'd say that, you know, for most wrestlers or athletes out there, you know, I, I definitely have a lot more on my plate than, than most do at this level. Um, so it's just something that I have to always be aware of and I wouldn't be able to do it without having a really amazing team, you know, whether, you know, it's my coaches at the M2 training center, you know, Eric Thompson and Mark McKnight, um, rapid tacky, you know, people like that, you know, great front desk staff um, that really help you know, when things are tough and I have to be able to take a step away, I know that it's 100% in good hands, you know, you know, and then at home, you know, having my wife and her always being here to be able to reel me in and make sure I'm staying focused, you know, even though I want to help and be, be involved in a thousand different things, she kind of reminds me that, you know, to be the best, you have to be super focused on like your task. So, um, you know, it's always a learning experience. I, I was just talking to Nico not too long ago about how he balances a full-time career and wrestling, and and you're the only other person I was thinking of that I know that really juggles both wrestling training, competing full time, and then you also have your other companies and, and entities. Regardless of your involvement, you're still so heavily involved on such different levels. How how do you balance that? Like, how do you stay focused and make sure you're giving enough to training, enough to competing, and then also enough to make sure that you know, the M2 training center is a success, the K2 roots is a success that you're doing everything you want to do at scrap life. Like how do you maintain that balance from a day-to-day standpoint? It's a good question. And, and honestly, it, it evolves constantly. There's not really one set answer. You know, I know that there's, there's some people out there that are super successful. And they say that you got to dedicate a certain amount of time a day to each thing, but that's just for, for, for what, for what we're doing. Um, it doesn't really work like that. You know, those days that a hundred percent of my time and effort is put towards training. There's a days that, um, there's times with that it fluctuates where there's more percentage put towards something else. And I think my biggest, um, I'd say like barrier 
would be just how to allocate those things. Yeah. Um, I constantly have to be involved. You know, I, I really do. And before you know, like the more that you're involved, the more that you're exposed to whatever's going on in that realm. You know, it's a few, you know, for me, you know, having wrestling training, you know, K2 Roots, M2 Training Center, uh, Scrap Life, you know, those are primarily my main things. So each one of those doors that you further open, seven or eight more open open up next to that. And, and I'm a, definitely want to try and create the best situation possible because I'm super competitive. So everything that I do, it kind of translates into each one of those things. So, you know, then you all of a sudden you have so many doors open that it's hard to kind of get back to that main door, you know? So right. I think, um, so it's hard. I think that it's constantly evolving. Um, this summer, you know, when I was hurt, it was a good opportunity to open up a lot of those doors and trying to do as much as I could, but now it's time to start slowly backpedaling, closing those doors off and, uh, and starting to really focus on that main goal um, that's coming up because each one of those doors you open, it takes time um, away. And once that time's gone, you can't make it up. So, um, but I think it's been able to help me keep, keep on track, you know, for things I need to do and, and now having the opportunity to be able to like kind of close some of those doors and uh, start really focusing on that main door, which is always the main focus, but you know, now right. um, it's, uh, it's just exciting. And, you know, obviously it's coming up quick, you know, just like time, sometimes you talk about things being weeks away, months away, but when you start taking, you know, a month and break it down to four weeks, right. And you break that down to certain amount of training days within it, you realize, wow, maybe I only have 20 opportunities within this month to make progress. I need to make the most of these 20, you know? So, um, but it's good, you know, always, always planning. And again, I think the secret is having a great team and in every situation I have a great team, um, which is, you can't, there's no substitution to that. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like, I know for me, I was pretty much self-taught. I never went to college. I'm really learning anything in school. So Everything I've done has, has evolved myself and anything I've done, like even wrestling, like I wrestled for six years, was never any good, but it, you know, it taught me like discipline and, and it taught me so many things that I try to apply to life. Now I'm curious that how did you learn those balances? Was it through trial and error? Was it through people around you? Like you have a lot of different coaches and mentors and people that you look up to, I know in, in different verticals, but was it more so wrestling? Was it more so life? Like, how did you learn to kind of carve those balances out? I'd say that, you know, as you go, you can find somebody to support everything that you want to do. And you can find somebody that's going to like discourage anything that you want to do. So, you know, within the mentors that you have, right, you can always pick one of them that's going to kind of make side with it, sit the way you want to go. But I think it's important to obviously be passionate like I'm passionate about the things that I do, you know? So it's not like I'm taking something on and I don't like doing it. Right. You know, obviously that's changing. So I like the things that I do. So I think that's important. And I would say that, you know, most, you know, most would say definitely do less. Um, and I, but <clears throat> I think my mind is constantly turning. So doing less sometimes makes it harder for me because I'm the same way. I'm sitting down. You know, I feel like I should be doing something and I'm antsy. And then all of a sudden, you know, I don't, and I almost feel like I, it's weird. My productivity is constantly varying. Like there's times when I can be super productive for an hour and there's sometimes I can be productive for two hours. I can be really productive for 20 minutes. So, um, it's just, you know, I I don't know. It's hard to say. And I think, you know, I have some 
it's interesting, you know, like as I've been around people and I ask them questions constantly of, you know, how they got to where they got. And I find, you know, everyone has a different path. Um, but I think I would say passion is probably the number one driving factor. So um, I'd say as long as, you know, people out there that want to do more, um, if you're passionate about that, you know, and I think also there's a security factor, like taking a risk with your life is challenging. Like most people want to stay like within their boundaries because it's safe, you know, you get to up you know, nine to five, you go to work you come home. And that's what it is. And that's just, I'm not really wired that way. Um, I'm wired much differently. You know, the way that I wrestle is really the way that I'm wired and how I want to live kind of live my life. You know, like I want to be aggressive and I want to um, really, like when I step on the bat, I want to try and score as many points as I can. I want to create as many scoring situations as possible. You know, I, I'm not really a conservative wrestler, although I have areas that I'm super disciplined in, but I'm willing to wrestle outside of areas that most people are uncomfortable. Right. So I would say like, that's kind of been interesting. I've from an entrepreneurial side of my life. I've adapted a very similar lifestyle, you know, but like in wrestling, you always rely on your coaches to help you, you know, and in these opportunities that I have, I always rely on my teammates to help me as well, you know? So, um, it's interesting how that my life is kind of those parallels, you know, kind of, uh, become a little more evident. Yeah, for sure. So, that's interesting. And speaking of training and, and how you are on the mat, well, let's talk about that a little bit. Just like you said, like it, it's amazing how fast time goes. Like, I mean, I'm now married. It felt like yesterday I was single and living the loft, and that was like two years ago. Like, it's nuts. So I can't imagine how the Olympic trials are, what, like five and a half months away? Not even? It, like, it's crazy. How how is your your training going from like a mindset standpoint? Like, are you back in the nitty gritty? Are you like, what's your training kind of like from that standpoint, from like a mental standpoint? Yeah, I think you know, since for me, um, the day that I had my surgery, you know, in my mind, I was already preparing for what was next. You know, like um, I went to my surgery in great shape. You know, my my nutrition was good. I trained until the day that I went in. Um, you know, I got surgery, you know, that day I was done, you know, my wife was helping me like make, you know, good food, you know, trying to stay on my diet because, you know, like for every day that you last on the front end, it's harder on the back end to make that up. Totally. So I feel like during this time, you know, I've, I've still been, you know, I'm still in great shape. You know, I've been in great shape this entire time, you know, so knowing that when I was, when the time came, when I'm, Hey, you're ready to rock and roll, I can start moving forward. Um, so it's just been able to keep that plan in place, you know, obviously in any, um, in any type of thing, right. There's going to be, there, there, that plan's never going to be exact, but it's definitely helped, um, you know, working with, you know, my coaches here, um, working with, uh, Sam Calvita, the training lab on the strength and conditioning side, you know, and, and constantly doing whatever I could be doing. I have amazing, you know, just from a rehab standpoint, you know, just having, uh, uh, people here in state college that have been, you know, really bending over backwards to try and, help me as much as they possibly can during this process. You know, it's been amazing uh, to be able to feel that love and support. So it's exciting. I mean, it's the time, you know, time to start moving forward is, you know, is, is, is upon, is upon me. So um, just that, that plan is continuing to change and adjust. And um, my plan is to be back qualifying the weight, the Olympic weight um, at the Olympic qualifier in March. And then obviously wrestling in the Olympic trials in April. So that's been my, my plan since the day I had my surgery and 
that continues to be my plan. So um, that's four months from now, it's the first weekend in March. Um, and then obviously the first weekend in April uh, is the Olympic trials. So that's kept me hungry and focused and staying on task and um, just trying to be as productive as I can every single day so I can be at my best when it's time to go compete again. For sure. And speaking of being the best, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You're the reigning world champion. You're the best in the world. You've beat everybody at the weight. What? How, how do you mentally prepare? I, I feel like every kid in the world would say, I want to be an Olympic champion before I want to be a world champion. Like That's the ultimate goal. Everybody I talk to, all you guys tell me, like I want to be Olympic champion. I want to be Olympic champion. Like World championships are so important, but Olympic championship seems like it's the pinnacle. When you win the world championships and you know you're the absolute best. A lot of people think they're the best, but like you know you're the best. Like You did it. How do you continue to get better, or does your approach change at all when you say, okay, I won the world championship. I had a little bit of a setback with an injury, but you're, you're still just as good as you were. How do you continue to level up, especially knowing everybody else is like, you know, Burroughs always tells me like, it gets harder and harder, not just because of his age, but because he be- he becomes more hunted. You know, guys like Yazdani, they're all going to scout you and hunt you more. What's your thought process like to continue to level up knowing that you're the best, but you have to get even better? Is it just doubling down on what you already do day to day? Or what is that like? That's a loaded question. Um, you know, yeah, I for sure. <laughs> I probably have a lot of people, and I think everyone will probably tell you, something a little bit different. Um, you know, when I won the world championships, you know, I came home and I was excited to get back into training and I competed at the Pan Ams. I actually felt like the best that I ever felt was at the Pan Ams. You know, I, I yep. was really dominant. Um, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, re- I was the strongest fastest that I've ever felt crisp. Um, you know, so obviously looking back on that and like, okay, that's where I was. That's fantastic. You know, getting hurt right after that beat the streets was tough, you know, knowing that, wow, I was definitely, definitely getting better. So you just look back and be like, okay, well continue to make progress in these areas. Um, for me, it's just been a constant improvement. You know, I want to wrestle for a long time. So to me, it wasn't like, well, okay, world championships, you know, okay, I'm, I'm looking to be done. It's like, okay, what's next? You know, in my mind, I was in a, I was in a, opportunity to continue to be successful and I wanted to start being the best in the world on a consistent basis you know that's like where my mind was and continues to still be so you know missing this year you know I would say is a challenging thing but you know what like everyone else has been putting their body through the ringer and probably overtraining in different situations where my body's rested so coming into this this cycle this end of this cycle you know I'm I'm, I'm ramping up when a lot of people maybe are looking to take a break right now. Right. So, um, you know, just, it's always perspective and how you look on things, um, constantly staying positive, um, and work, working in, in the right direction. But I think the mentality is once you reach the top, you know, being, being the best in the world, I'm still hungry. I want to continue to separate that gap. You know, I, maybe if people close the gap on me during this period of time, maybe, um, you know, have I opened the gap during this period of time It's definitely possible, but I know that, um, I'll do everything in my power to continue to try and stay one step ahead of my competition. But I think um, I don't feel like I'm defending anything. Um, my whole life, I've 
focus on being an innovator, you know, trying to score as many points as I possibly can. And my whole life, people have tried to make adjustments and I've constantly been able to rise to the occasion at every single level. So this is to me, no different. This is um, the highest level that there is, you know, to, to have the opportunity to be an Olympic gold medalist, you know, that's, that's an amazing opportunity. And I'm super uh, you know, thankful to be able to have that, but I'm definitely hungry. I can't wait. You know, I think this is maybe even maybe more hungry than I was, you know, there's no, wasn't like, Hey, I was competing and um, I feel like I'm in a good spot and maybe I can relax. And I don't feel that at all. I feel like um, as hungry as I've ever been, you know, and I cannot wait to, to get back um, in the competition ring, you know, club someone and get club back <laughs> and then start getting after it. You know, for me, I, I live for those opportunities to really, you know, take people to deep water, you know, and keep swimming. So, you know, I think as much as anyone, maybe they feel excited that um, I haven't been wrestling for the back of their mind, they know that I come back, they're going to have to start swimming in that deep water that they're uncomfortable in. So, um, and I'm excited to be able to, to get back to swimming. And it's interesting too, because th- those two perspectives are so interesting to me. One is that everybody else is kind of like at the end of a four-year cycle, their bodies are so beaten down and you're going to come out fully recharged. And, and the other is that, an, an injury, and, and anybody will tell me this that I've heard in sports, but it's so true. When you get injured and you're off, you itch so bad to get back, and it kind of reignites that hunger. I mean, I've known you for a long time. You've always had that hunger, but to, to kind of have that reignited definitely isn't a, a bad thing. But let me ask you this. Did winning the world championships, do you think, prepare you in any way to have an advantage when you go to something like the Olympics? Or do you kind of compete and look at the world championships on paper like any other tournament you would go to well i think the world you know the world championships that i wrestled in it definitely prepared me to wrestle at the olympics because i wrestled every best guy in the bracket you know there was you know that in a world championship you know sometimes when there's more people things are more spread out you know and you maybe end up in a a quarterfinal or semifinal before you wrestle your first guy you know i wrestled the best guys consecutively throughout the tournament. So, you know, I think, so I'm ready for whatever draw that it takes, you know, even, even in the United States Olympic trials, you know, if I'm drawn into the bracket, um, you know, then I'm ready to wrestle whoever that person may be each match one at a time. Um, you know, having that experience is definitely super valuable, you know, even going back into 2017, you know, and, and competing as frequently as I did in 2017 and 2018, you know, to have that experience, you know, I don't, even though I've missed time, I don't feel like, you know, there's difference when you get out there and the whistle's blowing and having a live match, you know, that's yeah. something that you just, you have to feel, but I've done that thousands and hundreds of thousands of times in my life. And I've had a lot of experience in the international level. So, um, I think it, when it, it's like riding a bike, you know, when I'm ready to get back out there, um, you know, it, it I'm excited to be able to just, just like before, just challenge myself, um, and challenge my opponent. So, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, I think having that, chance to wrestle the world championships you know is, is definitely really valuable you can't you know the olympic games is different you know you're you're there's going to be a different aura around it but yep. when you come down to it you're going to have to beat four really good guys and um you know that's something that as a competitor i look forward to and speaking of the trials so the olympic trials are in state college this year you literally couldn't write any better script i mean the returning world champion who misses 2019 due to an injury now looking to conquer arguably the only one title in all of wrestling you haven't won unless you start uh, dreaming to be a WWE champion. But like, what does it mean that the Olympic trials are in your backyard? 
this year? I get to do my own bet. You know, that's nice. I don't have to travel, you know, four or five days in advance. So, you know, for me, even in a year like this, it's just, it's, it's just more time. You know, I have more time to continue to be prepared um, in an environment um, that I know that I have complete faith in my coaches and my training partners to be in the best shape and position to be, to give best my best effort. And that's really what it's all about. You know, like I can't predict right here if I'm going to win or if I'm going to lose. You know, that's, that's getting out of those are things that, uh, you know, start getting you off track. But I definitely know that when I step on the mat, I will be 100% prepared to go out and give my best effort. And I believe my best effort is good enough to be an Olympic gold medalist. So, but it's one step at a time. You know, you got to take one match at a time. You have to make the team first. You have to qualify the weight class. And then you get the opportunity to wrestle in August. So, you know, it's just understanding what's ahead, you know, being honest with yourself and where you are and honest with your improvement. And I think that's one thing that I've been able to do really well over the last couple of years is honestly make improvements and, um, and being honest with yourself and where you need to improve helped me rise to, to be the top in the world. So um, it's just a matter of continuing to work on that process, work on the areas I need to improve and enjoying it. You know, I think in 2016, um, I, had, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I didn't enjoy the process. You know, I was at the Olympic trials and I was actually telling a story the other day. I was, I actually, at the tournament, before we started, I, I was like, I was so anxious about being there that I started crying. And I think that I did that because I knew deep down I wasn't, you know, as much as I said I wanted to, you know, be Olympic champion and stuff, I think I deep down knew that maybe I hadn't done everything I needed to do or, you know, I hadn't made that full commitment in my life to being the best. And I think after that I learned. In 2017, I was 100% prepared. In 2018, I was 100% prepared. And I could walk into the World Championships with a big smile on my face, you know, and, and, and wrestle through adversity and be able to achieve well, something I'd, I've worked for for a long time. So just using that experience to be really valuable, you know, going into this process. So um, I'm excited. You know, we'll have a lot of Penn State fans um, in attendance, you know, a lot of people that have watched me the last decade of my life. So, you know, I'm be excited to be able to share those moments with them. You know, running out gives me chills. Think about my first match running out there and all the Penn State people, that are going to be there um, and just fans from across the country, you know, which obviously is going to be a pretty special moment. So just, you know, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And, and a couple more things that just made me think of, then I'll, I'll let you go here. When you talk about how you felt after 2016 and feeling anxious and, and these things, like is, is there a level of self-awareness that you're constantly analyzing yourself or is it strictly relying on coaches like, I'm really curious because I'm always trying to be as, as self-aware as I can. I'm always trying to analyze everything, my my surroundings, my circumstance, how I felt. Like, is it something you've just learned to do to, to kind of be as self-aware as you can? Or what leads to that? And, and kind of how long after that happens do you process that? Like, is it an instant thing? Like you're saying, like that night, I'm crying because I'm anxious because I, I, I don't think I did all that I can to do to prepare or is it like a time thing? Like, how do you get to that point? I feel like that's such a valuable thing to be self-aware. I think it comes from experience, you know, experience um, with your coaches, you know, experience, um, you know, with yourself in, in a, in like a situation that, that brings out that type of emotion. Um, I think the biggest test was obviously the 2018 world championships, you know, where having the draw that I had, you know, which is random. You just show up, you weigh in, all of a sudden you find out champion first round, you know, you, you put, you figure out that you need to go out there and wrestle to the best of your ability, or you can do all that hard work and be done in one match. 
Right. You know, so I, th- I feel like that was a good test, you know, and I have a great relationship with my coaches, honest relationship, you know, with, with coach Casey, coach Kale, you know, coach Cody, where I can, you know, coach Varner, where I can say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. You know, we could talk through that. So it just takes that out. So I think the experience of being with these guys for 10 years, um, you know, plays a big factor in that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm honest with where I'm at always, you know, when I feel great or if I don't feel that good, you know, and it's just about taking that day, one day, one day at a time. So, you know, I, that's, you know, I rely on them heavily, you know, and I trust them 1000%. So whatever they feel like that I need to do or change in what I'm doing, I'm going to listen to them. So, um, but it's always an honest communication between athlete and coach. You know, sometimes I think when you're not honest, it makes it really hard for a coach to help you. So, um, just always trying to, you know, just, and, and they have so many years of experience and they know me better probably than I know myself. Right. You know? So it's, um, you know, it's just a special bond to have that with them. So again, I think looking back 2018 and being able to you know, share the moment that I shared with all my coaches, you know, after I was able to become a world champion and, uh, now picturing that, be able to share that same moment this year, you know, just going, coming back through the adversity, you know, win, lose, draw, you know, they've helped me get back to where I am they're going to help me again be at my best so you know without them you know I wouldn't really be where I am and does it take a level of like obviously this this question kind of pertains I guess to a while ago because or maybe it does I don't know but does it become a thing where you automatically trust them when, when it's somebody that close to you is there just that like blind trust if they if they kind of say hey David I think you're this or if you're telling them if you're being vulnerable and you're telling them something does it become an instant trusting, like, or, or do you process what they say is kind of like now? Let me think what I think about it. I mean, I think that just comes with time. I think that comes yeah. with your relationship with your coach. You know, I think everyone's relationship is different. I think, um, you know, with Coach Casey, I definitely have where I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go up after practice and he's gonna tell me, hey, you're not moving your feet enough, you know, and I'm gonna be like, you're right, you know, or I'm gonna say, hey, I, I was having a hard time. I, I think I didn't feel good here. And he's like, I thought you looked really well. You know, I know he's not going to yeah. tell me anything different. And I heard that from him. Say, hey, coach, I, need, I want you to tell me exactly what you think I need to work on. So, um, you know, some people want that as athletes and some people don't, um, you know, but I want it because I know I can, I'm willing to go make the changes and make the improvements, you know? So I think, um, again, it just comes with time and each individual is different. Yeah. It's such a process that I think people have to endure themselves and there's not an absolute answer i'm just always curious on what perspectives other people have because i know it's so different and i think the people that are more vulnerable and the people that do trust those around them i do think get the most out of it and clearly you're somebody who's had success at every level and you've learned from these things so very cool well listen i know you got to get back to probably packing and moving stuff (laughs) so I'm going to let you go. Thanks so much for making the time, man. I, I, I of course, can't wait for you to get back on the mat and, and start putting on some magic shows. Thanks, Justin. And um, I can't wait either. You know, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, so I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk soon. And that's today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite audio app and share this episode with a friend. Anybody you think may benefit from this podcast, send it their way. And I want to keep bringing the absolute best guests to the show. So if there's somebody that you want to have on the show or you would love to see on the show or hear from, send me a message. You can reach just at Bashamania on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Any other feedback, that's welcome too. For now, though, it's time to end this show. I'll see you guys next time. And the beat goes on.